Good morning.
serve a good God. He's a God that is actively pursuing us. He's not a God that just sits on his throne and demands that we come to him, but he came down from heaven, robed himself in flesh, and went to the cross in a pursuit of us. I want to encourage someone this morning, stop running. Stop running from God because all he's going to do when he catches you is love you. All he's going to do is love you. Amen. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. So good to see so many smiling faces. God is good. God is good. Even when we don't deserve it, God is good. I hope that you can feel that this morning. If you have not experienced the goodness of God, I would encourage you don't leave this place until you do. All you have to do is make yourself available. God, here I am and I want everything that you have for me. Amen. Such a wonderful presence here. You can be seated. I don't have very many announcements. I'm going to be short and sweet. We want to welcome all of our guests. It is so good to have you in TPC with us on a Sunday morning. We're glad you are here. We're asking that you would take a moment and just fill out our digital connection card. You can do that by texting TPCDQ to 84576. Um, this will allow you to connect with us, get upcoming event information, submit prayer requests, and you will also receive a gift card in the mail. Um, I'm still doing my research. I don't have any updates for you. I didn't know I was going to be this quick again on the announcements. I thought I had some time. So if you know of something that you can get at Dairy Queen for $5, contribute to our research project, and we will um, gladly let you know what you can get for $5 at Dairy Queen when you get that gift card in the mail, all just by filling out a connection card. At this time, our ushers are going to come forward. We want to remind everyone that we have prayer meeting Tuesday at 10 a.m. We would love for you to join us in prayer. We don't ever want the fire of TPC to burn out. We keep that lit by coming to the Lord in prayer every week. We have several prayer requests. We want to remember John Bowman, Palmer Lede, Billy, G Billy Jean Brown, Brenda Bass, Tommy Carlin. There's some more up on the screen. And Brother Garrett Darty. we need to remember him in prayer as well. This time we're going to go to the Lord in prayer of this offering. Lord, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for already being in our midst. Lord, we ask that you would continue to do what you want to do with this service. Lord, above all that we have, Lord, we want you to do what you have planned for us this morning. We ask that you touch each of these needs. You see, Lord, what they need in their...
Well, praise the Lord, everyone. How many blessed people do we have in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Turn around and give somebody a fist bump and tell them something nice, like you look nice. I'm glad to see you. I'm glad you're here. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Tell something, say something nice. Yes, it is. It's good to be in God's house. Well, we welcome all of our guests. Thank you for being here. If this is your first time here, we're delighted to have you. We know that coming to a new place, you can feel ill at ease, but we don't want you to feel that way. You're here among friends this morning, and we welcome you. To all of you who have joined us online, thank you for joining us. And as always, I'm very honored to have Pops and Granny this morning. Would you give them a warm welcome? Love you. If you have your Bibles, would you go to the book of Acts chapter 2? And I've got some really corny humor for you today. This is, this is bad. So one day a contestant made it all the way to the last question. Her name was Deborah. And she, if she answered the next question, she won a million dollars. If she didn't get it right, well, she went home with $25,000. Well, the million dollar question was no pushover. It was, here it was. Which of the following species of birds do not build their own nest, but instead lay its eggs in the nest of other birds? Is it A, the condor, B, the buzzard, C, the caca, the cuckoo, or D, the vulture? Well, the woman was on the spot. She, she didn't know what to do. She had used up everything. All of her lifelines, she had used it all up, but she had one left. She had one lifeline left, and she could call her friend. But her friend wasn't real bright. Her friend wasn't real smart. She's a good friend, but not real smart. But she didn't have any other choice. So she had to call this friend. She called a friend. She told her the question. She gave her all the answers. And the friend, un, without any hesitation, she said, the answer is C. It's the cuckoo. So Deborah was like, crossed her fingers. And she looked at the game show host and said, it's C. It's the cuckoo. Game show host said, her, are you sure? She said, yes, I'm sure. He said, is that your final answer? Yes, that's my final answer. Man, all of a sudden he said, you are absolutely 100% correct. And lights went off and balloons came down and confetti fell. And man, she was jumping up and jumping around. She was all excited. Three days later, she brings this party together to celebrate. She's now a millionaire. Invites her family, invites her friends. Invited the friend that helped her win the contest. So she looked at her. She said, I just, I don't understand something. She said, how did you know that that was the right answer? And the friend said, oh, come on. Everybody knows that cuckoos don't build nests. They live in clocks. <laughs> That's bad. If you didn't get it, see me after service. I'll help you. Oh, that's so funny. And you wouldn't believe where I'm going in my scripture now. Acts chapter 2. <laughs> Acts chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 1 through 4. I'm reading from the New King James Version. If you're with me, say amen. amen. 
Here we go. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I'm going to talk about this morning your God's advertisement. Look at your neighbor and tell them you're God's advertisement. Look at your other neighbor and tell them you're God's advertisement. Yes, you are. Let's pray together. Father, we have gathered here this morning to lift up your name. And now for the next few minutes, would you just anoint my mind and my mouth and help me to speak it as I feel it. And we give you thanks and praise. And everybody say amen. amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Now in the Old Testament, uh, God's people were supposed to be an advertisement to the Gentiles on how good God was. I'm going to say that again so you can get with me. In the Old Testament, the Israelites were to be God's advertisement to the Gentiles to show what a good God that Yahweh was. God wanted the nations around to see how he blessed Israel, how he healed them, right? How he brought them out of Egypt how he fed them on a day-to-day -day basis, how he healed them, how he provided a cloud uh, to protect them by day and fire to give them light and warmth at night. But unfortunately, Israel was not good advertisement for Yahweh. So Jesus came to the earth, and when he came to the earth, he fed the hungry. He gave sight to the blind. He healed the sick, he raised the dead, he preached the good news, and lives were radically transformed through the power of Jesus. He was such a good advertisement that Satan wanted him dead, and Satan got his wish. But it turned out to be his worst nightmare because three days later, Jesus rose from the grave. Amen. And then 50 days later, from God's death and his resurrection, 50 days, 50 days later after his death, was known as the festival of Pentecost. Amen. And on the day of Pentecost, the New Testament church was born in an upper room. Now, why did God want a church? God wanted a church to carry on the ministry that Jesus started in the earth. Amen. If you're with me, say amen. amen. But just as Satan worked to kill Jesus, the devil is actively working to destroy the church today. Why is he actively destroying and trying to destroy the church? Because when God blesses a church, then I'm going to tell you something happens and marriages are saved. When God is truly blessing a church, sick people get healed. Lives are radically transformed. 
Yes, I do believe that the, the, the blind can receive their sight. People find freedom. People find their purpose. People start making a difference. When God blesses a church, all kinds of miracles begin to happen in people's lives. So how can we stay alive even though the enemy is trying to destroy the church? Well, we have to do the things that God told the church to do in the book of Acts chapter 2. I want you to look at Acts now chapter 1 and I want you to look at verse 14. Here's what the scripture says. And these all continued with one accord in prayer. The first thing that we must do as a church, we've got to continue in prayer. Can I get a witness? The presence of God's power makes the church different from any other organization in the earth. Can I tell you, Microsoft does not have the Spirit of God. General Motors doesn't have it. Apple doesn't have it. Nike doesn't have it. No organization on the earth has the Spirit of God to do its work. No government has the power of the Holy Spirit to do its work. Only the church of the living God has the power of the Holy Spirit. And the power of the Holy Spirit allows us to do things that we could not do on our own. That's why we need the power of the Holy Spirit. We need more than sermonettes for Christianettes. We need the power of God in every one of our services because we bring problems to this house that a man can't solve, that a lawyer can't fix, that not even a doctor can heal. But I'm telling you, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is power, there is the supernatural. You say, all right, Pastor, I'm buying into you thus far. How do we get that power then? If we need it, how do we get it? All right, I'm glad you asked. Look at Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. But you shall receive power. Come on, it's more fun when we all do it together. But you shall receive when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. We all need God's power. But the Holy Spirit is more, ladies and gentlemen, than just tongues. The Holy Spirit is not a diploma saying you've arrived. The Holy Spirit is a birth certificate saying you just got started. I'm going to say that again. You know what you get when you've arrived? You get a crown. You don't get a crown when you get started. You get a crown when you finish. What you got when you got the Holy Spirit was a birth certificate that said, welcome to new life. Welcome into the family. I just gave you power to get started.
See, you need power. You say, why do I need power? Because a toaster doesn't work unless it's plugged in. I said, a toaster doesn't work unless it's plugged in. Now, this toaster, it might have some value just on its own. I don't know what this toaster would bring if it's broke. It probably has a little bit of value, okay? But I want, I'm sorry, I'm going to relate all of us as Christians to a toaster this morning. I am. I'm going to do it. You ready? All right. Here's you and I without being plugged in. We were dead in trespasses and sins. Right? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Right? So the Lord loved us. Even though we didn't have power, we didn't have the abundant life, we were still full of sin. He still loved us. Right? But he loved us so much not to leave us in our sin. And so he said, if you'll open up your heart, I'll fill you with my power. I'll plug you into my power. And now you can fulfill the purpose for which I put you on the earth for. Look at your neighbor and tell him you got to get plugged in. Now, let me ask y'all a question. To all you sweet Christians, I need you to get honest with me. How hard is it going to be for me to sell this toaster if it don't work? Does it have value? Probably. I don't know. I don't know, but it probably has value. Probably somebody would pick it up. But I'm going to tell you, this is going to be a hard sell. I got a toaster, but it don't work. I'm sure somebody would buy it on eBay, but it'd probably stay on there a few days. I know that you're valuable. You are valuable. You have value because you're going to spend somewhere in eternity. But I'm going to tell you something. You're not really fulfilling your purpose unless you're plugged into God's power. Why? Because a toaster that doesn't work don't advertise well. And if you don't have God's power, you're not good advertisement for the Lord. God wants you to be plugged in. Why? Because somebody needs to feel the power of God that is on the inside of you. Mm. Can I preach about it? How do I get power? I got to have the spirit of God. I got to get plugged into the Lord. How's another way I can get power? Prayer. Prayer. Prayer brings the power. Come on, somebody. You tell me how much you talk to God every day, and I will tell you how much power you have in your life. Because if you're not talking to God every day, you don't have much power in your life. Because the power comes when we have the spirit and we stay connected. Little, little prayer, little power. No prayer, no power. Much prayer, much power. I don't need this toaster 24 seven, but when I do need it, I need it plugged in. God don't need you 24 seven, but when he needs you, he needs you plugged in. That's why I wanna stay plugged in. How do I stay plugged in? I stay plugged in through prayer. Not my will, Lord, today, but thy will be done. Put me at the right place at the right time. Help me to meet
meet the right person. Give me the right word to say. Because when you do need me, I don't want to be a dud. You're God's advertisement. Oh, can I preach this morning? I'm sorry to tell you. I, I got to tell you this. Some Christians are duds. Mm, God help me to get out of that. You know why? Because they're not plugged in. They claim to work, but they don't work. Oh, they look good. But they ain't much there. Mm. Mm. Acts 2. Let's get back to the word. Acts 2 and 2. Here it is. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Verse 3. Then there appeared unto them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. Okay. Then the Bible goes on to say, and they were what? All filled with the Holy Ghost. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. On the day that the church was born, there were three very powerful signs. Okay? Here they are. One, a sound like wind. Two, a bright flame that looks like fire. And three, everybody starts speaking in foreign languages. And why did God do that? These three symbols show that the church is to be powerful, on fire and multicultural. And here's what it says. Now look at Acts 2 and 5. Here's what it says. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. This is very important. It's no coincidence that God decides to start the church on the day that the whole world shows up in Jerusalem. Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. Are you with me? What is God doing here on the first day of the church? He is reversing the curse of Genesis 11. What is Genesis 11? Well, when God created the earth, everybody spoke the same language for hundreds and hundreds, maybe even thousands of years. Then the Bible says that the people started to build a thing called the Tower of Babel. And they began to build this idol that they were going to worship. And God said, I'll have none of that. So God confused them and gave them all different languages so that they could not keep building this Tower of Babel. And because God confused their language, some of them headed toward Asia. Some of them headed toward Europe. Some of them headed toward Africa because they didn't speak the same language anymore. Now, here on the first day of the church, God is reversing the curse and the miracle of tongues where everyone heard the gospel in his and her own language provided evidence that God was breaking down the culture and the ethnic division imposed at Babel. God's church was not going to be defined by just one race and one culture, but whomsoever will let them come. That means the black 
white man, the Hispanic man, the Asian. It is for whomsoever will. Look at your neighbor and tell him you're God's advertisement. Yes, you are. Go back to the word. Acts now, chapter 2, verse 14. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised up his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. Verse 15. For these are not drunk as you suppose, seeing that it is but the third hour of the day. He is saying, ladies and gentlemen, these people are not drunk. The bars haven't even opened yet. What is the third hour of the day? It's nine o'clock in the morning. That's what it relates to. Peter is saying it's only nine o'clock in the morning. The bars aren't open. These people are not drunk as you suppose, but they have been filled with the Holy Spirit. And then in Acts chapter two and verse 16, look at this. But this, Peter goes on to say, was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit, says God, and I will pour out my spirit upon who? All, All flesh. That means you. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And upon my men servants and upon my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. It says men, and it says women, it says men servants, it says maid servants, it says young, it says old. Who does that include? Everybody. That means everybody. That means everyone in here. Whether you're African American, white, Anglo, Hispanic, Asian, it doesn't matter. It means everybody. So here's the point. No one in this house can sit on the sidelines because you're either young or old. You're either a man or a woman. You're either a son or a daughter. And God said, I want to fill you with my spirit and I want you to get plugged in so that your life can work the way I want it to work and so you can fulfill your purpose upon the earth. Let me just be honest with you this morning. Are you good advertisement for the Lord? Come on, come on. Come on somebody. Let me, I'm going to just tell you this morning, if you want to waste your life and you want to sit passively and do nothing with your life and waste it on things that don't matter, then you're in the wrong church. There's plenty of churches where you can go and sit and soak and get sour. But this is not that church. You can go to plenty of churches. And they're not going to challenge you. But if you come to this church, I'm going to challenge you to live for something bigger than yourself. Thank you for the 10 that heard me. If you come to this church, I'm going to challenge you to live for something that is more important than yourself. I'm going to challenge you to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. 
Look at your next neighbor and tell him you're God's advertisement. You're God's advertisement. And guess what? We've got a gospel that works. Can I say it again? We've got a gospel that works. Can I say it again? We've got a gospel that works. No other message can change lives like this gospel message, like the good news. You say, well, pastor, I'm new here. What is the gospel? Well, the gospel, you can actually find it in Acts chapter 2 in our text. Jesus is God, and he has miracles enough to prove it. That's verse 22. Then God, Jesus, died on the cross for us. That's verse 23 of Acts 2. And then verse 24, God raised him back to life. And the gospel gives us gladness and joy and hope. That's verse 26. He sent his spirit from heaven. We must repent and be baptized and be filled with his spirit. That's Acts 2 and 38. And he places his spirit on the inside of us. Why? So that we can live differently from the world. Why does he place his spirit on the inside of us? So that you can overcome sin, self, sickness, and Satan. Because you can't overcome those things on your own. Willpower is not enough power. Willpower lasts for only 90 days. But when you get plugged into God's power, it lasts 24-7. Because you're not resting on your own accord. You're not looking for your own self. You're saying, I got a power that is higher than me. Mm. Let me put it another way. The wind of the Spirit wants to blow your past away. Can I put it another way? Can I put it another I said the wind of the Spirit wants to blow your past away. I am not who I used to be, thank God. But I'm not who I'm going to be. Why? Because I'm going to stay plugged in. The fire of God's Spirit wants to purge every one of our sins. Yes, it does. The water of God wants to wash you clean today. And the Spirit of God wants to empower you. That's called the good news. That's because God loves us. I said God loves us. We all fall short of the glory of God. Don't you put me on no pedestal. Because I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to disappoint you. Why? Because we're all human. We all make mistakes. We all fall short. We can all jump to the ceiling. We can all jump to the ceiling. And some of you may get a little closer than others, but none of us are going to touch it. Why? Because we, we, we're not that good. None of us are going to ever reach the perfection of God. God is perfect. He is a perfect God. He is a holy God. And we'll never become holy like Him until we are transformed into His image. That's called justification, sanctification, and glorification. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, you are in an earthly vessel called the flesh. That's why you need the Spirit of God. That's why we need the love of God. But unfortunately, can I tell you, Christianity is known more for what we are against than what we're for. Can I say it again? Unfortunately, Christianity is known more for what we are against than what we are for. And guess what? By the help and grace of God, I want to do my part to change that. 
I think Christianity needs to be known for what we're for, not what we're against. We should be for one another. We should be loving one another. We should be building one another up. We should be praying for one another. We should be encouraging one another. I understand there are some good things you have to be against. I get that because we're in a war between good and evil. I am against some things. But I don't want to be known for what I'm against. I want to be known for what I'm for. We should be known that we love one another. The reason why my wife and I hug people. I can promise you this. I've had people tell me, and I'm not exaggerating. Your hug is the only hug I got this week, Pastor. That's why Janet and I want to be known as holy huggers. Now, I know it's difficult in this age of COVID. We all got to protect ourselves. I get it. I understand it. But Janet and I are holy huggers because some people, the only hug they're going to get is the one they get from me and Janet. The only handshake they're going to get is the one they get from you. And guess what? We cannot afford to be judgmental. I'll shake your hand if you look like me. I'll, I'll hug your neck if you act like me. That has got to go. Mm -mm. Mm. Come on now. Why do you want to be a holy hugger? Because I'm just trying to emulate Jesus. Because if you're going to live like Jesus, you've got to love like Jesus. Can I say it again? If you're going to live like Jesus, you've got to love like Jesus. And everywhere Jesus went, he gave a look. He gave a touch. He gave a kind word. He was lifting people up. He wasn't putting people down. Can I tell you something real quick? I'm going to go off script. Other day I walked into one of my good friends' home. He's a preacher. And I don't know what the deal was, but he looked me up one down the other. And I, ooh, I got so mad at him. I said some things to him that I'm not going to say to you. You're looking at me like, what'd you say? It wasn't good. That's why I'm not going to say it. Because I said, who are you? I looked at him. He's my friend. I said, who are you to look at me like that? Don't you judge me. He's a Pentecostal preacher who is my friend. You say, why did that tick you off? Why? It did. It ticked me off. Why? Because I don't want to be judged because I got a pair of blue jeans on. Or a t-shirt. There's a lot more in me than blue jeans and a t-shirt. There is the power and the spirit of the living God that is living on the inside of me. Don't you look at the cover, baby. For all of you old timers that are worried, listen to me. You have nothing to worry about. I believe in modesty. I was dressed modest that day. He just had that old nasty judgmental little spirit on him. Looking at me from my toes to my head. I've seen Christians do that. Somebody walks in the back door that don't look like them. And I've seen Christians literally look at their feet and walk them up with their eyes. It's like, my God, how do you think they feel when you do that? Come on, somebody. Can I get a witness here? I 
believe in holiness, but holiness is separating yourself from sin. I believe in modesty. Modesty means I look like a man if I am a man, and I look like a woman if I am a woman. I believe in all that. But I also don't believe that a judgmental Christian, that you're going to make a judgment call based on how I look, is how God operates. That's what I'm talking about. We are to love one another, to encourage one another, to lift one another up. This is to be a place that is a hospital for the hurting, not a museum for a showpiece. I'm going to say it. I'm going to preach it. Some of you Christians, you look cute, but it's been a while since you've been plugged in. Stop judging everybody and get plugged in yourself. Get the power on the inside. Quit coming here and sitting and soaking. Why don't you get excited about what God has done for you? Why don't you remember the gutter that God brought you out of? Come on, somebody, stand to your feet and give God your best praise. You can be seated. When the prodigal son came home, the father didn't judge him. He threw a party. He said, my son that was lost is now found. God wants worship to be a festival, not a funeral. Come on. He wants us to celebrate. The problem is, is that some churches die because they're honestly so cold. They don't have fun. They don't celebrate. They don't worship with joy. They worship out of duty. I don't want us coming out of duty. I want us coming out of delight. The Lord wants us to delight in Him. There was two reasons. I can't get into this, but I can prove it. There was two reasons why the children of Israel did not get into the promised land. Are you ready? Their unbelief and they did not delight in the Lord. When you come to God, God wants you to delight in Him. Even when everything is going bad in your life, because you are plugged in, you can say, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. I may not be on cloud nine, but I'm still plugged in, and I know your power is going to see me through. Well, there was a well-known woman, and she went to a well-known church. And at one point in that well-known, sophisticated church, she said, "Woo, praise the Lord. And she got excited. And an usher came up to her and said, ma'am, you're going to have to be quiet. She said, oh, I'm just so full of the joy of the Lord. And he said, well, you didn't get it here. Because huh. the uh, ushers, I skate down the aisle to collect the offering because it's the first church of the frigid air. I've been to some churches like that. I can tell you God don't like cold churches. God is not a God of the dead. He is a God of the living. Come on, somebody. What kind of worship attracts people? Joyful worship. Come on, what kind of worship attracts people? Joyful worship. I believe it ought to be fun to go to church. I do. I believe it ought to be fun to go to church. Jesus is alive. My past is forgiven. I have a purpose for living. And I got a home in heaven. If that don't light your fire, your wood's wet. If that don't ring your bell, your clapper's broke.
Come on, somebody. Yeah, I believe church ought to be fun. Can I keep preaching? You say, well, pastor, you're just so emotional, and I'm not emotional. Oh, really? So let somebody come up and say, guess what? Today's your lucky day. I'm giving you $100,000. I'm giving you a brand new Cadillac, and I'm paying off your car. And I'm saying, oh, well, thank you. I'm sure that's what you're going to say. Come on, y'all, all get honest. Do you think if somebody walked up to you today and said, guess what, I got $100,000 in my briefcase, I'm going to give you a brand spanking new Cadillac, and I'm going to pay your house off, you'd probably say, mm-hmm, that's nice. No, you wouldn't. You're telling a story. You know what you'd do? You'd be like, Ooh. I knew he was a good guy. Oh, I knew he was right on time. That's what I'm talking about. Look at God's blessing. Now, come on, tell me, would you or would you not? Yes, you would. Don't you sit there, you hypocrite, and tell me that you're not emotional. God brought you out of darkness into his marvelous light. He brought you a mighty, mighty long way. He's a good God. Yeah, I said he's a good God. Yes, he is. You were wired. Can I preach? You were wired by God to express emotion. If you don't worship God, guess what? You're going to worship something. I'm going to preach this morning. I said, if you don't worship God, you're going to worship something. It may be a rock band. It may be money. It may be women. It may be SEX. It may be a sports team. But you were wired to worship. So you need, you sweet people, to get over your inhibitions and express your emotions in worship so that you can get recharged. How come I can get excited about anything but church according to the world standards? I can go to a football game and if somebody scores, you can holler. If somebody sinks an 18-foot putt, you can holler. If Steph Curry sinks a three-pointer, you can holler. If you bowl and get all the pins down, you can holler. But then I'm supposed to come to church and sit like a stoic. Now, if I go out and I whoop, whoop on a football, I'm a fan. But if I come here and whoop, whoop, I'm a fanatic. That's nonsense. I say that's a bunch of hooey. It's a bunch of nonsense. He saved me. He brought me out of darkness. He forgave my past. He gives me a purpose for living and a home in heaven. That's something to be excited about. There's two reasons why you need to worship God joyfully. First, it's good for your own emotional health. You need it. And second, it's a good witness to people. I like what once one, somebody said this. There's two reasons why lost people don't come to Christ. Hear this. Two reasons why lost people don't come to Christ. One, they've never met a Christian, and two, they have met a Christian. Ought to drop the mic. You dare me? Mm. Two reasons 
why people don't come to Christ. One, they've never met a Christian, and two, they have met a Christian. Some people meet a Christian and they say, if it means being cranky, judgmental, and legalistic like that guy, no, thank you. I don't want it. And guess what? They're not good advertisement for God. If you want to be good advertisement, you need to have the joy of the Lord. You need to be generous. You need to be kind. You need to put a smile on your face. You need to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Come on, everybody, stand to your feet and give God some praise in his house. Come on, lift up your best praise to the Lord right now. When people like what they see, they'll listen to what you say. I said it again, when people like what they see, they might listen to what you say. That's why you're God's advertisement. And for you to look down at somebody's feet all the way up to their head and make a judgment call based off of what you see, we don't need that. We don't need that. We don't need cranky, judgmental, legalistic Christians. I believe in holiness and I believe in modesty. But I'm telling you, I ask God, God, wash me. Wash me. Because I want to be good advertisement today. That's why when I go to L2 can, I always try to tip 20% or more. When I'm in public, I'm always trying to do my best and to be my best. Why? Because I'm God's advertisement. That's why this morning I was up very early. Because I want to make sure I'm plugged in to the power. Because you don't need a little sermon. You need to feel the power of God. Because the presence of God makes all the difference. I feel heaven in this house right now. Would you just give me a break for just a minute and lift up the name of the Lord all over this house. Come on, would you just talk to the Lord right now. Say, Pastor, what must I do to be saved? According to Acts 2, I just simply have to repent. Repent, it can involve tears, but it doesn't necessarily have to involve tears. But here's what it does involve. It involves a changed mind. Amen. That produces a change of heart. It says, God, I'm going to resign as CEO of my life, and I want to put you on the throne of my life. And where you lead me, God, that's where I will follow. I repent. 
And then I open myself up to the Spirit of the living God. And one of the signs that His Spirit has filled me and that I'm plugged in was that I speak in a language that I never learned. But it is a sign unto me that now I'm plugged into the Spirit. And then I come over and I let all of my sins be washed away. And then I start this new life called discipleship to every day wanting to become more like Christ. I'm here to challenge every one of you. My life verse, my life verse, here it is. Here's the challenge. Matthew 6 and 33. But seek first the kingdom of God. Don't seek a woman. Don't seek a man. Don't seek money. Don't seek a house or a car. Seek first the kingdom and His righteousness. And these things shall be added unto you. That's my challenge. If you have any other agenda this morning, would you put your agenda aside? and say, God, I want my agenda to be your agenda. I want to seek you first. If that's you this morning all over this building, would you step out and would you just do inventory and would you make sure that you're good advertisement right now? Would you make sure that as you go into the world today that you are who God says you are? Come on, from the front to the back. Come on. I'm a child. You're God's advertisement.
plugged in. You get in a prayer closet somewhere. Because guess what? Pops, I literally don't know who I'm going to meet this week. And I can't get ready. I got to be ready. I got to be plugged in because I'm God's advertisement. And I don't have to jazz up Jesus, Tina. All I got to do is take him by the hand and say, be healed in the name of Jesus. According to the word of God, by his stripes, ye were healed. I can't get ready. I got to be ready. He may not need much from me on Monday, but I got to be ready because I don't know. But Tuesday may be the day, Marshall. I got to be ready. I feel the power of the witness in this house right now. I wonder if there's somebody that you would miss a meal on Monday to say, you know what? I want to stay plugged in. So guess what? I'm going to miss a meal to make sure I'm ready. Anybody will miss at least one meal on a Monday? Okay, thank you. Anybody at least miss one meal on a Tuesday to stay plugged into the power? Thank you for that. Anybody miss a meal on Wednesday? I don't ask you to do what I don't do. Anybody miss a meal on Thursday? Any, thank you for that. Thank you. Anybody will miss a meal on Friday? Thank you for that. Now, if you'd be so kind, place your hand on your neighbor's shoulder if you're comfortable doing so and ask God to bless them. Whatever you want, give it away right now. Give it away. Ask God to help them to be the best advertisement that they can be. Be a witness to our friends. Be a witness to this community. To love our neighbor as ourselves.